You know, yesterday, my wife and I stumbled on an interesting TV program from one British um, channel. I hardly ever watch anything apart from BBC from that angle. But something like that is, we just stumbled, was, you know, just flipping channels, just stumbled into it. It was a nice program. We started watching. Very nice. But there's something I told my wife, notice this. She and I were watching. We didn't catch it early. It was like a, what do you call this? Something like this, who wants to be a millionaire, that kind of show. Okay, another type, you know, involving kids. Something like, oh, um, what will your kids say? Something like that. How well do you know your kids? So my wife pointed out something that, look, oh, wait, oh. There were different families there. So she pointed out to me that, look, one of the families there, there are two women. I think BBC is more careful. BBC knows they are broadcast to the whole world. But this one is for them. But just as it happens to be on our cable service here. All right? So they, they let lose all their madness. So they are doing a family show. Now listen, it's a family show. Kids there, at what age do children lose their teeth? So, two of them that we saw, they didn't have teeth. They were just regrowing their front teeth. So, that's the age. So, children of five, six are there. It's a family show. Family. Children are supposed to watch it. But of three families that we stumbled into, one of them was a homosexual couple that have a child. I said to my wife, I said, have you noticed what they have done? They've normalized it. Those ones were dropped then, of course, the one that finally won, which was all made us laugh. You, know, you ask a question, what will your child say? It was an interesting show. We just stumbled into it. But what I just pointed out to my wife, I said, can you see? They've turned this thing to normal. Forget the children that are growing up in those families now. But those who are watching from everywhere, if you have your children watch this, I told my wife, if, you, if my children ever watch this, you sit with them and explain to them that that, because the program was nice. You wanted the kids to watch. I said, but if you have to watch this, first thing you point out that this is madness. Because what they are doing is normalizing what is wrong. Another show we saw like that. A woman came and was talking, uh, what I'm trying to do, I make my life straight and all of that. You see, I'm in a same-sex relationship and I need to have a baby. Do you hear what I said? Same-sex relationship, she needs to have a baby. It's not that that is going on as the issue. It's the casual way they talk about it. Normal. I'm going somewhere as this is a way of corrupting things, they also normalize bad dressing. They turn the attire of harlots to what is normal. And after a while, you don't think anything of it anymore. I believe as believers, we have a duty to say no to harlotry dressing. What is harlotry dressing? It's simple. It's we adults. A man sits down, designs a cloth, finishes, and he draws the neck down to your Ziffy sternum. Uh, sorry, that's medical expression. Anyway, the cut starts from the lower part of your chest. What do they call it? It's sternum, Joe. What does it Does it have another English word? That bone in your chest at the bottom anyway. Designed deliberately to throw your cleavage in our faces. You don't need to pray. Jesus says it is evil. It is clear. Like I said, God, listen to this, God wants us to look beautiful. Looking dowdy is not the will of God. Looking like your container just sank with the ship is not the will of God. Like I believe the Red Prince, when he says you are attracting the spirit of heaviness, I believe very strongly that a Christian should look nice. Let me say this to you because so I don't forget to say it. Anytime you show up, we read that from, when, we, when we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 now, you see one word he kept on using, glory. The woman is the glory of the man. Are you getting my point? 
This is a summary of it. Every time you show up, you are representing somebody's glory. Every time you show up. And ultimately, whose glory are we representing? Christ Jesus. So the world gets up and decides that, listen, what am I going to do? I am going to normalize the attire of harlots. I'm not a very conservative person, I mean, because and I believe that balance is the key to life. I'm one of those people that don't understand the scriptural basis for saying that women should not use makeup or jewelry. There's no scripture for it. There's no scripture for it. The one we read just now, First Peter 3, what Peter said is this. He said that is not what defines a woman's beauty. Just like being a doctor is not decided by whether you wear a white coat or you don't. That what decides a woman's beauty, that's what he was saying, is not those external things. Therefore, a sensible woman spends more energy on adorning the heart in her character, her behavior, how she talks. For example, the Bible says something. Solomon said like this. He said, just like a gold ring in the snout of a pig. He says, so is it when you see a beautiful woman without discretion. That's what he was saying. He wasn't saying that it is wrong for a woman to be beautiful. He said, but to have discretion is much more important than external beauty. Exactly what Peter was saying. He wasn't saying, women, don't wear clothes. Don't do your hair. Don't look nice. No. He said, but that is not where your beauty lies. That true beauty lies in the heart. Again, you understand the context in which he was speaking. Which, is, which happens, happens till today. Once I saw a program years ago. And the woman was arguing on that. Look, beauty is just skin deep. It was, was on CNN. Or this man, what, uh, was this, what's the name of this guy? Richard uh, Quest. Yeah, one of those is programs that's not the core financial one. They were doing something about beauty. I, when I saw the advert, I said, oh, no, I'd like to watch this. So some women have done like one uh, plastic surgery after another, redo the face, redo the lips, redo the breast, redo this, redo that. And according to one woman there, hey, come on, it's just skin deep. So for them, beauty is all skin. So, we are going to do as much on the skin as possible. And that's why we are different as Christians. As Christians, we understand that it is not skin deep. One of my sisters said that in South Korea, plastic surgery is an epidemic. That as much as 60% of Korean women have touched up their face in plastic surgery. I don't know whether they figure, but that is that bad. That in fact, one man sued his wife, divorced her, sued her. Because according to him, the child didn't look like him. And the child did not look like her. So she should please explain who this child looks like. Which is funny, alright? Come on, the child can, can look like a grandfather. I mean, what's your problem? <laughs> you get my point? <laughs> but anyway, that led them to paternity testing. I mean, they had an advanced country, so they can really get that done. So they did DNA testing. And he was proven to be the father of the child. So he said, okay, who does he look like? That was when he now found out that the wife he's seen is a post-surgery wife. That her face is not the original face. That her former face, that's what the child looks like. <laughs> so he sued the woman for fraud. <laughs> that the marriage was contracted under false pretenses. Yeah, that, that was not the new case. The case that, oh, you deceived me, that is it. Because she has gone, touched up her eyes, touched up her face, done everything. And according to him, I was never informed. So this is fraud. So the case went back to court. Because this time around, 
is contracting the marriage under false pretenses. But we believers understand that beauty is not skin deep. The Bible tells us clearly that it's a matter of the hidden man of the heart. That the heart is more important than what the face looks like. And facial outside beauty is another very funny thing. It swings with the generations. It just swings. One generation will go, define their beauty. Next generation will come, define their own. You'll be surprised. Of course, you know this very well, that those days, um, Calabar, fattening rooms, you had to fatten up a woman for her to look fine. If you're not fat, you're not fine. Then we came to this model, and let me just say something to you. Those definitions of beauty have reasons. Are you getting my point? Let me get an example. The white people, they had the culture before. The fairer you are, the lighter. When I say light now, you know, have you, many of you have never seen a white person. Have you seen a white person before? No, you haven't. No, you, 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 it sounds funny, right? But really, you haven't. The first day I saw one, I have seen one. Are you getting my point? But when I say real white, I don't mean these ones that have turned. A white person is white. This is their color. <laughs> this is their color. One day in Lagos, that was my first time. I saw one girl. I think she obviously just came down from one of those countries. She was a white girl. Just came down. She was now enjoying Lagos. Just a worker. I stopped. I looked. I blinked. I felt like saying, are you real? She looked like a... I see, you know the way we look in our home videos when you don't pour white powder all over your body. The girl was white. When you don't have any... If sun has not hit you, that's what it come out looking like. That's just the way it is. Now, this is where I'm going. Before... The whiter you were, even amongst the whites, the more beautiful you were. But you know now they don't take that anymore. Now you need to get what? A tan. So if you are too white, you're not very fine. So now they now like being a little bit diluted with some color, maybe like one fiftieth black would be nice. Or, you know, one quarter Asian plastered to it, give you this constant tan, you know, that kind of thing. And if you don't have that, what do you do? You go and lie down in the sun. Now you are more beautiful. Do you know the reason why? I'll tell you. Because it's defined, it defines your wealth. Those days, everybody practiced agriculture. So everybody had a tan. Only the rich, those who owned the farms, those who controlled businesses, trade, were the ones whose wives could afford to stay inside and not see the sun. They're the ones that could travel in carriages that are well covered. So when you came off very light-skinned, very, very light amongst the whites, even amongst the whites, you were seen without saying it as being rich. But now, everybody that walks inside, only those who are rich can go for a holiday and lie down on the beach. <laughs> Do you get my point? So that, No, that is the reason why it keeps changing. Now, being slim has been lyingly, what did I say? Equated with being healthy. And it's the reason why it defines beauty today. So much that over the last two years in France, they started a campaign that you need a minimum body weight for you to be a model. Because they said the young girls were being misled. They were starving themselves into poor health. Because the world just woke up. A few 
homosexuals, a few perverted people sat down, said they controlled the fashion industry, and they said for you to be a model, you had to weigh, you had to be at least six, almost six feet in height, and weigh maybe 50 kg, which means you are incredibly thin. Difficult to attain. So girls will stop eating. They develop anorexia nervosa. Simply because somebody set a wrong standard of beauty for them. We Christians, we have a culture of faith. We are the ones that understand the word of God. Which says, charm is deceitful. Beauty, we're talking about outside beauty now, is vain. But inner beauty, a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. We have to be careful, Christians. That unbelievers don't define what is fine for us. Kim Kardashian gets up and tells us how to dress. And we're not ashamed to even be listening to her. If Kim Kardashian says blue and blue go together, I have a duty to use blue and black, red and orange, white and indigo. I just have to disagree with her. You see what are you talking about? Why? What gave her the right to tell me how to dress? I have such a bad image of her. And it's not just, how are you judging? It's not about judging. It's what she did. Listen, what work does she do? Nothing. Why is she famous? I'll tell you. One day, she decided to be sleeping with one guy with somebody else filming it. They filmed her having sex and leaked, leaked, leaked in quotes. In quotes, leaked it so as to generate news. And if you know bad news, good news, just be in the ears and the eyes of the people. That's all that matters if you want to make it in those their worlds. So they leaked a sex tape. And the whole was I talking about it. That's why if you put any, if I'm going through news, I see any picture, something with her um, uh, name, I deliberately don't read. Because if I click, I'm making her more popular. I just, and then, when she was there in the news, today, since you heard her name, she's married at least three guys. And the same person will come and tell me how to dress. Am I mad? Or she's mad? Who? No problem with Christians. We don't read our Bibles. We are too busy watching other things. What are you doing on e-channel? There are portions of the of, of newspapers I don't read. When we focus on what is wrong, and listen, women, listen, Christian women, you have a duty to teach the world how to dress. That's what I believe. Elegance, you can do elegant. Let me tell you, beauty is good. I need to say this. How do I explain this? What you are doing has the reason why you are doing it. Some people dress up to show everybody they are rich. It's iniquity. It's worldliness. Just trying to show off that you are rich so that you are richer than the rest of us. What is going on in your spirit is what really matters. When you finish dressing up in the morning, this applies men, men or women, but women mostly. Ask yourself, what, am, what statement am I trying to make? Because every time you show up, you are making a statement. Every time you show up, you are making a statement. I believe that elegance, beauty, decency is very possible without the sex that the word has attached to it. You know, right now, in modern language, sex is now the word for is fine. And that's modern. That's just in the last few years. Before, sex was literally, it's, 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 it's seductive. That's what it was. But now when they say sexy, 
They'll tell you a car is sexy. A phone is sexy. They have bought, they have taken the word and used it to spoil that so that, no, really, that's how it is. So now, clothes are sexy. You don't know, you don't know what is, whether it's fine or it's seductive. And they have not turned seductive to normal. And I think Christians have a duty to say, no, seductive is not normal. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to be able to answer every question. But I'm going to say some things right for believers. Worldliness is not good. The world should not dictate to us. It is forbidden that we get out, leave our homes with a deliberate attempt to look seductive. We are normalizing halotry. A statement that Bishop Idaosa made, which I believe very strongly, which I quoted earlier, he said, dress the way you, be, you want to be addressed. That's it. You just ask yourself as I'm going out, somebody meets me, what's the first impression of myself I'm, I'm giving to him or to her? I told my student that day, I said, I see you like this on the road. Do you think I'm going to treat you with any respect? I won't. You are the type I am going to whistle for, assuming I'm a crazy man. You are the one I'll call babe. On the road. I won't see you. Good afternoon, sis. I will not tell you that. You're wearing torn trousers. You are giving me an impression you believe in madness. I said that even though it's my opinion, but I say it to clear Christians, you have no business following everything that comes up. Someone said, that's all they're selling in the market. Then stop wearing them. Go to your tailor. Make a decent skirt. And wear I know the thing about this tear thing. He started with small, small slits. Now they are now yanking up huge pieces. My wife and I were going out today. My wife said, look at this woman. The thing, no, the whole knee, torn, so torn, they had to put net under it. Like I said, it's not one of the weightier matters of the law. But I think I have too much respect for myself to follow every crazy man out there. It's not every crazy man I follow. That's the point I'm making. I analyze things. And let me, there's another thing I want to say. There's something that the Bible says. I want to adapt this particular scripture. Because customs change, fashions change. You understand my point? Some things eventually become normal. But one thing I found, I thought about the scripture. Let me see whether I can find it. Okay. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, alright, in verse 20, there's something that Paul said there. He said that in doing evil, be children. Now, there's a way I want to adapt it. I always say that when things are changing like that for, for madness, Christians should deliberately be the last on the list to ever even think of adopting them, even if we are not sure whether it's good or bad. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes. That, 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 that's the way I like to explain to Christians. You know, let me say something to you. Your sense of value, I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. Do you realize that Ngote is so build, busy building refineries, he doesn't really care what everybody's wearing? I don't know whether you're getting my point. There was a time, I had money. Listen, I'm not telling this one. That period, I had money small. I could buy the same things. But I was listening to the word of God so much. Eh? It was when brethren laughed at my shoes. I realized that they were out of order. In fact, that day I went to visit. I came to Benin, went to visit some of our sisters. I was with Pastor Courage. So we sat and we were talking. So one sister said, Vanky. <laughs> This is your shoe. Now, every day I will praise the Lord, though. <laughs> that the shoe was facing one, you know, looking up. 
So I looked to, I looked to Archbishop, that's particularly for support. Like, ah. He said, ah, I've been on one talk, you know, I didn't want to. Ah, ah. <laughs> <And> two. <laughs> you two? You're supposed to be on my side. Why are you on their side? So everybody began to laugh at me. They're, they're all my friends, of course, brethren. And I looked at the shoes. These shoes are nice. What's wrong with all of you? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I went back to Lagos. Walked straight to Balogun that week. Bought myself two beautiful pairs of Italian shoes. I had them. I just I didn't remember. I was chopping the word morning afternoon. And I was always listening to so all these these worldly things. I didn't have time for these things of the world. <laughs> if I still remember one of those shoes I bought that time, I had. And now next time I showed, I said nobody's laughing at me again. Then I saw one brother wearing my kind of former shoes. So I called him. I said, "What's your size?" He told me, "I remove one of them. Take where go." Sometimes we are too preoccupied with earthly things. We are not heavenly minded. That is why Kim Kardashian will wake up and tell us to change our blouses and we will agree. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not saying one of the weightier matters of the law. No, it's not one of the weightier things. But even though it's not weighty, I think we owe ourselves some pride. You know, pride, godly pride now. That no, I am not conformed to the world. I have confidence in myself. That's what I'm trying to say. And listen, it is forbidden. Jesus is who we represent everywhere. It is forbidden we represent him wrongly. The world can go mad. We shouldn't join their madness. They get up, buy the same clothes, and tear it, and say it's Kanye West style. I'm not wearing. I just don't want to wear. I don't want to wear. Why? Do I look like a madman to you? Why should my clothes have tear, tear all over them? When I buy new clothes, maybe I'm buying a, 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 new, a new pair of shoes and all of that. They say, just manage it to expand. You know that kind of thing. You know what I always say? I said, at this level in my life, I don't manage. I said, anything I'm buying has to fit that day. I'm not working for the shoe company that I will wear their shoe for one month so they can fit me. <laughs> what is wrong with it fitting me day one? Now, I'm reading out something here. So if something is defective day one, I don't buy then you now sell me, I'll give you my money for a pair of jeans, then you put holes in it. I'll say to you, I'm sorry. I will not wear it. It is defective. It is defective. I am a child of God. What picture am I painting? One man that said, well, it looks nice all the time. That was um, John G. Lake. You wouldn't find John G. Lake without, and nice all the time for him was a suit. Most of the pictures I saw of him, even though they are black and white, but it looked like he was mostly in white suits. You understand? John Gilly dressed well every time. And what was his reason? He said, Jesus goes to where every suit I wear goes. That everywhere I'm going, I'm carrying Jesus. And I think I owe it to him to look decent for him. I believe that doctrine. Like I said, I'm laying down simple principles. I don't believe... You know, there's a way you will walk on the road and policemen will stop you and question you. They will, yeah, you will come down, they will set you. It's not every hairstyle you copy. Men, once my friend told me that I was looking like headmaster. <laughs> Why? I had a lot of hair. I cut it. I put a part in it. And he said, I look like headmaster. <laughs> so I should go and scrape my head. That is what is raining. I said, that's your problem. 
Now, my hair is low now for reasons that... Uh, <laughs> it was not my wish. <laughs> I've asked the Lord to show me scriptures, but he has, I was still praying about it. So let's see what he will do about it. But as my hair was growing low then, bushy hair came back to fashion. So that's like, I, I now understand why older people do, they used to be very stubborn. They didn't use to hear. This is what they are wearing, and that's your problem. They, you know why? They've seen everything come and go. Young, young boys now are now wearing trousers that don't reach the ground. You, see, you understand? They are so showing. They say, what is it? Look, in the 80s, that's what Michael Jackson was wearing for us. Felicity Party wore it for us. Many guys did it. It's nothing new. In the 80s, in the 80s, I'm talking about 30-something years ago. This fashion, this way, it has come, it has gone. There's nothing, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. I say to us believers, listen. I read that first Corinthians chapter 11. You expect me there, of course, to address the issue of should women cover their hair and all of that, you know, when they, are good to, when they go to church. I'll say something briefly about it, even though not conclusive, but I read it primarily to show the fact that the Bible talks about that each time what we are doing is reflect, reflecting somebody's glory. Remember, everywhere you are, you are going, you are reflecting somebody's glory. And ask yourself, the fellow, the person whose glory I'm reflecting, is he in agreement with what I am doing? Don't forget, try and perceive the spirit behind what is going on around. People are putting tattoos on their body. They don't know where it began from. Just by the way, Israel, you were forbidden. That portion I quoted. Moses gave them a direct law. You don't tattoo your body. People just get up, copy everything. Don't ever forget, broad is a way that leads to destruction. I'm warning believers, it's not everything you copy. It's not every evil spirit you allow to be coming to your home. That's what upsets me the most about all of these things. Why would the world just wake up in the morning, tell us which direction to go, and we are following like idiots? People say, is tattooing bad, or is it good? I have one simple answer to you. Who began it? Why are you following them? Have you ever seen me, I came for Bible study, I've tattooed my shoulder, tattooed my head. Everybody that initiates tattoos that make them popular in the world, look at their whole manner of life. You want to copy them? Why do we follow people who don't know our Christ? That's the question I want Christians to answer. Why do you follow people that are not teaching you righteousness? That's the question. A madman draws a, a, a new fashion and you buy it as a woman. The man is laughing that he's trying to make his money. Why do you want to belong? With who? You want to blend with who? That's the question I want believers to ask, them, answer, ask themselves. Who am I trying to blend with? Where do I want to be acceptable? That is what the question is about. If we answer those questions, believe me, we will do well in this life. Who are our role models? Kim Kardashian? Or what's the name of this woman that can't seem to do anything without stripping? She's a very good musician those days. Maria Carey. A woman who can't stick with one husband will be teaching me how to dress? If that's how it worked, use it in your house. I mean, I was, today my wife and I were dressing, I just, I, I were driving out. I just said, look, listen, a Christian girl shouldn't look like this. You know, mini skirts and mini guns are back in vogue now. All over town. Listen to me, Christians, get away from it. You are not even comfortable. When you are walking, this is how you'll be doing. 
come to church, sit down. You can't sit down. You'll be doing as if they use Aradai to put, put your two knees together. And I say, you're not comfortable. Like Paul said, who has bewitched you that you need to look like that? God came into the garden. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten? Are you getting my point here? Of the fruit that I told you not to eat? That's the problem with us believers. We eat things we're not supposed to eat. We're taking the, our, our, what do I call it? Our approval from lost people. I told you the day I was walking on the road, I saw two boys teaching themselves how to sag. I was driving. Two young boys, maybe like 12, 13, thereabout. So they were like, you know, you see the one helping the other one to, have you seen sagging boys trying to run? See the way they run? <laughs> You've seen it. Because <laughs> if they run normally, the trousers are coming down. One day my wife wanted to travel. I, did, I, I couldn't take her that day. There was nobody to take her for me. We didn't have a driver, nobody to help. I couldn't travel. So I said, okay, baby, look, let me just go and give you a taxi. So we got to that junction there. So they said, okay, who will take this woman to Benin? She needed to go to Benin. So one guy came. Said, ah, okay, Benin, no problem. I let him go and get his taxi. When he got up to move like this, I said, boy, forget it. <laughs> As I was moving. Now, so, it, it was to where his taxi was. I saw where his trousers were. I said, you're not carrying my wife. I'm just, that, that, that was the end of the, I told the guy straight, forget it. Wait it. Forget it. My wife, that guy is not driving. He doesn't look responsible to me. I want a responsible driver. This is my wife. The wife of my youth. <laughs> the mother of my children. Are you getting my point? Who I love with all my heart. I'll give her to one irresponsible man to drive. How did I decide was irresponsible? Trader was sagging. Then I saw the two boys trying to teach themselves how to sag. It was my wedding anniversary that I remember. Believe me, I was looking good. <laughs> I mean, it was my anniversary. Come on. It's my 10th anniversary. I wore one very nice corduroy jacket my wife gave to me. Thank you for that whistle. <laughs> I believe in looking good. No, I believe it. We just need to define what we call good. And I drove up, drove up to where the boys were. I stopped. I parked. I jumped down from the car. I picked up my jacket. And I turned around for them to see. Said, I, I, I did that. I said, can you see where my trousers are? They said, yes. I dropped the jacket. I said, look at me. I turned to the left, turned to the right. Don't you like what I'm looking like? They said they did. I think I told them what I did. I said, don't you want to be like me one day? Look at my car. My car was shiny. That was the year I bought the car. I bought that car brand new. It was just three months old, fresh from the factory. <laughs> No, okay, it was about six months old. Yes, I remember. Yeah, because... But it, it was... The, it, this was 2009. It was 2009. It was the year the car... In fact, in the whole of Enugu, when the car arrived, there were only two. There was one white one I used to see in town and mine. So that's why I was driving that day. The car was still shiny. Just a few months ago, I bought it. I told the boys, don't you like my car? And of course, the woman inside is also mine. I mean... <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. I said, don't you like to be like me one day? They said, yes. I said, look at my trousers. They are not sagging. I said, responsible people don't sag their trousers. Those who are going somewhere good, who have a good image of themselves, don't sag their trousers. It's a mark of having been in prison. So they put their trousers back to the normal place. God kept it. <laughs> and they left it there. What am I going to say? Who are we trying to be like? 
Let me, start, let me just revise everything I've said by reminding us we have to be careful concerning making extreme laws. I'm not in the camp of those that say that women are not allowed to look nice, use hair extension. To me, the Bible never said those things. If I see the, no, it's just that the Bible didn't lay emphasis on them. Do you get my point? What I mean is that the Bible tells us, look, Christian women, that's not where your beauty comes from. That's not where it comes from. Your beauty comes from something else. He didn't say it is wrong for women to, to use hair extension. That's carrying it to the next extreme. Never say women shouldn't treat their hair. The Bible didn't say so. My understanding of scriptures is that God expects women to be well adorned. Are you getting my point? We don't have time to look at the scriptures now. And because, like I said, it's not the main thing we are really trying to do. Just want to get us to get our spirits right. I believe that. So making laws against those things is an unnecessary, you know, how do I say it? It's not godliness. I believe decency is a watchword. Modest dressing is a watchword for believers. Whatever we are doing, we ask ourselves, what am I trying to look like? Who is my role model? And that's why women learn to model for the younger generation. Men to everybody. Model for the younger generation. Ask yourself, how is somebody... That's why culture is important. That's your environment. What I mean by culture, not your environment. There was a day my wife was going out. What she wore. Nothing wrong, but I told her simply, this is not America. This is Enugu. You can wear this in the house. You can wear it in the car with me. But if you are going to the market, I'm sorry, you can't. Is it iniquity? No. I don't think anybody that the amount of respect you will get will reduce. I think I've used the illustration here before. I was coming to Benin for Archbishop Benson Dawosa's uh, uh, funeral. That morning, I came there, I came for, to Benin. That morning, I was going with my friend. So I wore a shirt and I wore a tie. So like, ah, it's going to be hot. I said, I know. Why don't you just relax, remove your tie? I said, I will hit for a policeman to push me. That's what I told him. I said, there's going to be a lot of crowd. They are going to do crowd control. I said, I will hate for somebody to shove me anyhow. They will if I don't look like I'm respectable. The same man we're going to bury said, dress the way you want to be addressed. So I wore my trousers, wore my decent shirt, ironed my shirt, put on my tie, and I walked there to the barrier. Why? I don't want anybody to shove me around anyhow. Especially when you're a woman. Men, I know the way they are. They treat you the way you present yourself. That's a matter of fact. Let's get our spirits right. That's, that scripture I was referring to, Ezekiel chapter, okay, no need to read it. You can read it later. When God was explaining what he did to Israel. I opened it, but I think there's, there's no point to read it. You can go and read it. Ezekiel chapter 16. We've studied here, it, I think, in previous times. Good. I've made the point I want to make. Yes. Good. I think I'm done. The Lord is good. I just can't notes I made. I just realized that, yes, almost everything I said, I will. Okay, yes. No, no. There's just one last thing. There's one, Okay. Just one last thing. Um, I know people ask just now, we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. When Paul wrote that, now, I did a lot of, of course, I've been reading this for a very long time. It was a matter of discussion when I was in university. And um, just like Paul wrote there, he said, if anyone seeks to be contentious, you'll see one thing there. And that's the fact that Paul was acknowledging that this generates contention. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes. And for such things, one has to be careful when you are handling it. I will speak 
I'm not saying this is the final word on it, but that's my understanding of it. That's why I read from the Amplified Bible. Even though the Amplified one that we read, okay, he's Amplified. And the amplification is colored by the understanding of the amplifiers. Are you getting my point? But why I read it is that when I read through it, that was how I understood it also. I've read many opinions. I've read things here and there. For example, I believe that what Paul was speaking to is this. He said, in doing evil, be what? Be babes. Be children. Sometimes, you know, people glamorize rebellion. You know that? That the word glamorizes rebellion. They do. They do. They kind of, if, the man that's off the norm, the, the person who's the rebel, the one that goes against the, the norm is the person that people would like to sing the praise of such people. The Bible says, in such things, we should be what? Babes. If everybody in the society goes to church, Understand? And when they are going to church, you enter a church. Okay, let me give an example. First time my wife was going to meet my parents, I said to her simply, I said, in this environment where my parents are, decent Christians, there's a way they look. I'm not saying I agree with them 100%. Where I come from, I mean, I was living in Lagos that time. I've been to university. I've been around a bit. But they have not been to where I've been, and our cultures are slightly different. I said, it is still... One kind, you know, are you getting my point? If they see a Christian wearing trousers, I said, for that reason, when you are meeting my parents for the first time, look good, look nice. I said, but you have to swing a bit to the conservative end. They will get to know you better. But first impression matters a lot. So what she just simply did was to, I still remember she wore print, you know, this kind of print skirts and top that women and entire simple scarf. You look nice. You wear your earrings, look nice. The first time they are meeting you, look like a good Christian girl. We know you are lying, but I mean. <laughs> I'm not about the good Christian, but I'm talking about the appearance. When they know you wear, you go wear nickel for this, your mother-in-law, fine. But right now, <laughs> you understand? So that, that's, what, that's what I'm going to say. So you get to a, a place, Christians are not supposed to be the ones that throw away decent customs. I don't know what I get in my point. And then come reason their shoulders that righteousness is not decided by that. We know neither is it decided by rebellion. The righteousness is also not decided by rebellion. I used to make a joke with uh, one of my friends in House on the Rock that time. Because they had a big billboard that said, House on the Rock, breaking traditions. And I thought to myself, creating new ones too. That's what I thought. You know, do you get, yeah, because say you're breaking traditions. I said, you create new ones. Everywhere in life, there are traditions. We made a joke about it. We will laugh about it. I said, as you are breaking old traditions, so are you creating new traditions. So don't even feel righteous. Don't even have any feeling of, yeah, you know, we are the ones that understand your children will come and break your own traditions. And when it comes to breaking traditions, you know what the Bible says? Christians be babes. Um, you, you know what I mean? The, the kind of tradition we're talking about now. Are you getting my point? When they say, okay, everywhere, unless the things are idolatrous and they are wrong in themselves. If they say, you are going to a church for the first time, in that church, every woman ties her head to come in. You know what you will do? Tight. It doesn't drive away the, the Holy Spirit from you. It doesn't. It just allows you to blend with the people. He said, be harmless as what? Dobbs, but be wise as 
serpent. What's a serpent? Come off like. It doesn't go out sticking out like a sore thumb. That's what he was saying. So, I believe that the way that First Corinthians was written there, if you see, that's from that amplified rendering. Amplified explain the sign of authority. I decided to read amplified because what he was saying specifically, he was addressing married women. He was addressing the fact that they are subject to authority. A lot of people come into Christianity and use it to break, you know, they find, you know, Christianity gives freedom, you know that. Yeah, it gives freedom. Like now, last time I preached about, um, about husband and wife, they are equal as far as God is concerned. That submission is when people are equal. And, you know, it's only when you are equal that you can submit. If you are not equal before, if you were inferior, there's no submission. You are just knowing your place in life. It's true, it's true now. <laughs> you just, you are just knowing your place in life. That's why they didn't tell children, submit to your parents, they obey your parents in the law because you are sub, you are submitted already. As for the children, you have been submitted. Do you get, you understand my English there? So we not tell you, know your place, obey your parents in the Lord. But as for wives, say you are equal with your husbands, but there has to be order. You will not deliberate it like Jesus had equality with God, but he obeyed. In the same manner, submission now becomes submission because you recognize equality. That's what Christianity is. Now this is a problem. A lot of people, they come from backgrounds that don't recognize that. Then they come to the church and the church teaches that. Rebellion now rises up in some women. Oh, gosh, you have heard. You were in church today. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. Everything in this house will be negotiated. Democracy is the rule right now. Listen to me. It actually happened. People say we are breaking traditions. We are not held bound down by traditions. I love my husband in my heart and I'm submitted to my husband in my heart. Then they go to church, throw away every sign of authority that their cultures had over them, which was put a veil over your head. Are you getting my point? Why? They have freedom in Christ. My understanding is that was what Paul was dealing with. I don't believe, I don't have that understanding, that he was trying, and if you see, that's why I read Amplified. Every place I read, everybody acknowledged that he was talking about public worship. Even for those people then, Paul didn't expect that if you were in your house, you and your husband wanted to pray, you had to look for a veil and cover your head because God wouldn't listen except your head is covered. It's not true. He didn't expect that. You can disagree with this, but this is my understanding of it. He was not even trying to give us a uniform for prayer or for church services. He wasn't. He was explaining to women how to appear in public. But his jurisdiction just happened to be Church, let me give an example. The Anglicans right now, till I don't know about the rest of the country, but Eastern Nigeria, they practice that. There's a bold sign at their entrance everywhere. How you can dress when you're coming in there. They are not encouraging the ladies, because it's mostly, are they dead guys now? They don't add sagging. Okay, good. So they are not encouraging the people to dress recklessly outside. They are just saying, in church, we will set the example by which we walk normally. So they put a sign in front of the church. Please don't enter these premises if you are not decently dressed. And they give a few photographs of what you can't look like. They were not saying it is okay outside. They are just saying, here, we will enforce decency. That is what I think Paul was doing. When he talked about praying, prophesying, he was talking about church assembly. I mean, there was a day I went to a church once. And there's a lady on camera. 
you know, camera was on a pedestal. You know the way Felix is standing there right now? No, this is not even this one. It was on a pedestal. You know pedestal? This one was... Everybody, you know, the, the eyes will lift up. And then, <laughs> she was wearing the baddest trousers I've ever seen. Then they call bad. You know, you know, when you get goose pimples, you know what happens? There are some tiny muscles in your skin. When they contract, that's what gives that puckering all over the skin. Yes. So if those are muscles in the skin, if they contract, you will see it. Oh, yes. Bomb like this. Eh? Wrapped completely. Nasty for us. I was doing camera. <laughs> hey. Oh, more. I'm a righteous man, but. <laughs> I come on, Pastor. I say, Pastor, come. This is not good. Once you enter the church, first thing you see was what? I was like, what on earth is. I just come on, Pastor. I say, Bros, come. Go back, walk up, and look at that young woman on the camera. The guy called the people in charge of technic and said, dismount that girl, please. <laughs> one day, one lady came to one church to pray, sing. Praise the Lord. We just want to worship the Lord. I said, in this town. <laughs> Pastor Murphy. Now I see one brother begin quarrel. Talk to all these, talk to all these young ladies. Talk to all these young ladies. <laughs> As that girl was singing that day, people were just wondering, say, God, oh, wow. This is your patience. Let's say it's too long. <laughs> I saw quarrel immediately. What I'm saying is that. So when Paul was describing, he wasn't saying these things are okay outside. He was just saying, here, we should enforce the rules. Are you getting my point here? And that's what the Anglicans were doing. That's what they are doing. They are not trying to say dress like this in church. They are trying to say that these are the rules of decency. We will enforce them on our premises. But we will carry them out into the world. My understanding of what Paul was saying is that the women, having learned some liberty, I'm not analyzing that now because it's not, you know, what does this line mean? What No. But you know, having learned some liberty, they threw away the cost. That's why Amplify used the word custom. They threw away the custom that spoke of their submission to authority. They became a bad example of authority. And the church was going to be the place they are now springing out from or where they are hiding. That's because, like we learned those days in schools, God does not look on the outside. Because God does not look on the outside, we come to church to practice our rebellion. And Paul said, no, no. My understanding is that he was speaking, of course, you can see if you read from Amplify, which Amplified it very well, he was speaking specifically to those who were supposed to be under authority. And I believe that in each generation, in each society, okay? For example, now, there, there are priests, okay, before, let, me, let me say what I'm saying. In each generation, in each society, there are things that reflect that. And we have to be careful that in doing evil, we are what? Babes. We are children. David Paulson explained something when I was listening to him. He said, if you took everything literally, he said, then he said, natural African women don't grow long hair. No, when I say long hair now, the way they grow it, you've seen, you've seen the way those uh, people there grow. If your hair, if you don't, if you just leave your hair growing, women, after a few months, your packing is going to the sky. It's not coming down. But for them, it pulls down. 
they grow, they grow their hair long. The long hair talked about as the glory of the woman does not apply, naturally speaking, to African women. Without handling, African women cannot grow long. It becomes totally uncomfortable. You have to handle it, plate it, you understand? Do something to it, relax it, for it to be able to grow long. So it doesn't apply. Then again, take a man like um, um, Samson, a man like Samuel. You know those two people. They ha- Sa- Samuel's hair, I hope you know where it was reaching. Samuel was original Rastafari. Are you getting my point? Did Samuel you know in the Bible? Oh, the Bible didn't talk about his hair much, but he had it. He and Samson. The day they cut Samson's hair, he knew his glory was gone. But didn't Paul say for a woman to, for a man to have long hair is not glory to him? How does it apply to that? So you find that that's why I believe the amplifier rendering. We spoke a lot about the environment in which people operated. We know that Samuel had, how do we know? His mother said, no razor will touch his hair. That was a condition that was given when he was handed over to the Lord. Samson, same thing. From the time he was born, he was in Nazareth from the beginning. And on the day he cut his hair was when his troubles came. But was it dishonor to them? Are you getting my point? But then, this is the point I'm making. We know, that, 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 let me just summarize it. So I believe that what Paul was saying is that, listen, let's observe signs of authority when we are in our own assemblies. And from there, we carry our good behavior into every corner of our lives. I hope you've gotten my point. Did I help anybody today? The Lord is good. If you're blessed today, can we just um, say an amen? amen? Let's bow down our heads and give the Lord thanks. Let's just quickly give God thanks. Say, Lord Father, we thank you for understanding.